I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. When I was just a baby, my mama told me, son, always be a good boy, don't ever play with guns, but I shot a man in no ho, cause I was paid to do so. And when I hear that, <laughs> well, we don't need to keep stretching it. That was Johnny Cash singing the theme to Barry on HBO Max. You'll notice that uh, the lyrics to that song sounded awfully similar to the plot of Barry. <laughs> Indeed, yeah, sure did. <laughs> Discerning listeners noticed. Yes. All right, well, we're... NoHo being Northern Hollywood. North I Hollywood. I didn't know yeah. that. That sounds, I mean, as a, as a non-California native. Yeah. Well, NoHo Frank was the character in the show. Mm-hmm. NoHo Hank. Hank. NoHo, I'm NoHo Hank. NoHo um, Hank, yeah. <laughs> who is one of the Chech gangsters. Which I thought was funny. I always think it's funny when I, when I hear no home because yeah. I didn't know when I was in California. I didn't know no ho, we ho, we ho's West Hollywood. Yeah, I saw it and was like no ho. Okay, I've heard of boho. I don't know what no ho no. is. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> no ho, and it's North Hollywood, not Northern. No ho. That's where all my homies hung out. Is it? Is it that's a where they live? No, not at all. It was a... like, uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, close enough to Hollywood so we could go work and stuff, but. We could afford to live here yeah, a little bit. A little bit. That makes sense. Right. Almost. I always wondered how people do that. Is it like six people do a studio or what? Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, everybody shared a bedroom. I had a buddy, my buddy Chris, who mm-hmm. uh, shared a bedroom with somebody. And then there was, you know, two other rooms or one other room. And both of them or the one of them had two other people in it. Ugh. Are they couples or are they just two people who share a room together? No, it weren't couples. They're just like, there's your, it was like Lucy and Ricky. Oh, I it's hate it. It's a loveless, it. sexless marriage. <laughs> That's terrible. Actually, we worked with, this is when I was doing background work and this is my friend from background. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a girl, Robin, that uh, I never had much of a vibe with and uh, neither did he. And then I found out it was his roommate. It was oh, just weird. other people, like they always put us in the same shows because we were the same age, so we we're always in the background of Glee. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, well. And then Edie went after him for something, and he said, well, a thing with Robin's none of your business. And I was like, what happened with Robin? And he was like, Robin's my roommate, and fuck Edie, and I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, oh, you know Robin? And I was like, that's weird. Wow, like you're all just roommates. Like everybody here <laughs> just sort of lives together because they can't afford to be here. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I always wondered. that That's how it would have to happen. Yep, much like you imagine, just living in squalor. I can't do it. I, I did a roommate in college. I had a, a dorm mate, and after that, and it was just the one year, and after that I was like, nope. She was great, but I don't share my space. I like to be alone, and I found that there were a lot of nights that I'd just go stay the night somewhere else because I, I'm a loner. I like to spend nights yeah. by myself sometimes. <laughs> was that the only roommate you ever had? Yeah, I never oh. did it again. Yeah, because when I met you, that's when you had your studio for mm-hmm. a pretty long time. Yeah. And then you always lived alone, mm-hmm. other than when you were living with your boyfriends. Yeah. Which was, you know, it happened a pretty times. frequent. <laughs> it became more consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> you just get better at these things with time, I think. <laughs> oh, good point. 
Um, I, I don't know if this is an appropriate time to bring it up, but uh, at the end of one of your breakups and you said, don't ever let me live with a boyfriend again. And I said, all right, I'm on it. I'm on it, chief. And, uh, and then a year later, much to my surprise, you said, I'm moving in with my boyfriend. I was like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, what are you, are you crazy? Like you I made a promise. Yeah, right. yeah. And I, and I actually took my role very seriously. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. I was very serious about it. like, no, I had specific direction from the Shmi that was thinking clearly not to do this. So you can't do it. And you're like, I'm do- like, I'm in the process of doing it. Yeah, and I was it's like, happening. I didn't imagine that we would have this conversation at all because I thought you knew better. Yeah. And then I certainly didn't imagine that I would be powerless to stop you. What do you want me to do now? Yeah, what do you want I me to do now? Yesterday, Shmi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's always good to give me a hard time about it so I at least have some shame around it and don't just do it willy-nilly. But uh, yeah, I'm going to do what I'm going to do at the end of the day. <laughs> There's not much to do to help that. <laughs> I guess it was funny that it was so surprising to me yeah. that I had no influence. And I was like, well, what the fuck did you give me this job for? I know. Talk, you talk to your mother. <laughs> so we came here to talk about Barry, which is the first show on our list for the HBO. What did you call it? The HBO showdown. HBO Max showdown. Yeah. yeah. The HBO show Max down. Uh, no, I think it's the showdown. The showdown. HBO show down. Yeah. Yeah. So this started, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks and then we didn't do it for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, but we I'm glad we yeah, I'm glad we're doing it now uh, because we said we would. Mm-hmm. So uh, what this is, is you and I wondering if we should keep paying for HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because we kind of ran out of stuff. Yeah. And funny you mention it because I've been wondering the same thing myself. Why do I have HBO Max? I don't use it. Uh, I actually just started watching Hacks on HBO, and it's like, ah, there again, something that's just interesting enough to keep it. So mm-hmm. we're going to spend the next couple of weeks uh, doing all of the things that we think there are to do on HBO to decide if it's worth keeping to, um, how do we put it, to keep or cancel. To keep or cancel, yeah. Yep. So uh, let's look act the thing that we always look at without fail never have we forgotten ever never have we ever never have i ever forgotten this part of the show okay so (laughs) (laughs) hbo max describes barry accordingly okay bill Hader stars as a depressed low-rent hitman from the midwest who falls in love with acting while on a job in la in this series. That was the description of the series. Okay, okay. And we'll talk about that in a second. And uh-huh. the description of season one, episode one, chapter one, Make Your Mark, is series premiere. A Midwestern contract killer gets hit with the acting bug while on a job in L.A. I thought it was a little weird, but I think they nailed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was worded not in a nice way. Like they didn't have a clunky. professional person who's just doing that. Yeah. It's like the guy who's kind of responsible for everything else is, yeah, 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 no worries. We don't need to hire a guy for that. This is just HBO Max, not Netflix. We don't got that kind of budget. Let me write <laughs> it up real quick. Yeah, it, it otherwise, I mean, gives an appropriate, you know, you know what you're expecting, I guess, more or less. But yeah, especially the uh, series description, I was like, ugh. 
That was weird. Come again? <laughs> it's this part right here. Well, I'm going to do the whole thing again because okay. it's short. Bill Hader, that's nice, stars as a depressed, low-rat hitman from the Midwest. That's I get all that. That's I mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, really sets a tone for you about the show. Absolutely. It's very pragmatic. Sure. Who falls in love with acting, well, that's ridiculous, while on a job in L.A. <laughs> in this series. Yeah. It's that in this series part that's like, yeah, yeah no, I got it. Well, what else, yeah, why else do you think I'd go to the series description? I didn't think you were talking about. <laughs> like, why did they have that yeah. in there at all? Bill Hader stars as depressed, low-rent hitman from the Midwest who falls in love with acting while on a job in L.A. In this series. Yeah. You you could just get rid of the prepositional phrase in this series and it would be fine. It'd is, be great. Is that what that be is? way less, yeah. Prepositional phrases have always thrown me off and so too does the HBO Max copywriter. <laughs> Tell you what. Tell you what. And then the episode description's about the same. But you know what? For such a weird, you know, oddball of a show that it is, I thought that's about as as dialed in as you're going to get. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it did all right. I don't know that it compels me to watch it other than, like, I could see it catching the right person in the right mood where they say, ah, that sounds kind of weird and fun. And I'm in a hitman sort of mood. I'm yeah. in a murdery sort of mood. It's serviceable. I, serviceable. I I neither award nor take away points for it. I nope. feel pretty mad on it. Sure. I will, however, there we go. <laughs> give minus 50 points for each time that it made me go the thunk, thunk sound because I can't figure out where the hell my um, highlight is. Like, yeah. I, I kept scro- trying to scroll right, and I'm like, oh, I'm already as far right as I can be. It looks like I'm over off on the left. So, like, wh- what is happening right now? Uh, yeah like and same with closed captioning i just i couldn't figure out how to navigate there there aren't very many options that should be easy yeah so to and i don't know if this requires any clarification but you're talking about like your cursor hovering Mm -hmm. over the uh which box are we on we're looking at this show or this show yes and you're hearing it move and then you're running out of you know space to go to absolutely not knowing where you're at and i looked at it and thought is it is it that very vague, faint line that I see around that one show, mm-hmm. uh, His Dark Materials. Yeah. You were like, yeah, that's the one that we figured out it was that one. And it wasn't even centered. Like, like, why would it be that one? Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah. It was super weird. It was very annoying. And yeah, looking for closed captioning, like I accidentally almost skipped us back a little bit. I was like, uh. <laughs> yeah, they have an app that's like, it's it's so it's like a German car that it's all clean and refined, uh, and you look at it and it's like yeah, but I mean I I don't want to touch it like I can't use it yeah like it's very fancy uh, and looks it looks very HBO like ah mm-hmm. oh, this is crisp and mature it's like yeah but look I'm too old to be able to read this yeah so you give it minus 50 couch points i'm per time because it happened uh, twice so once when it happened when i was looking for our show and the other time when i was looking for closed captioning that's garbage garbage if i had asked you to award it couch points in the heat of the moment Mm -hmm. you would have deducted like you were pretty fired up oh yeah you would have deducted like negative negative three million two hundred and twenty seven couch points fuck these guys and i'm canceling it now forget the hbo max showdown yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was feeling pretty fired up about it. That's for sure. I just don't like the the noise that it makes at me. The like I'm doing something wrong. The thunk, thunk. It's like um when you do the chip 
hate inserting your card and it does the chip and then it goes when it wants you to remove it. And it's like, listen, don't do something like I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing exactly yours you're telling me to. So don't make the error message sound at me. Yeah, this is your method. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think you're going to edit this later and you're going to get to the part where you go and be really upset with myself for it. Yeah. I'll probably, yeah. All right. probably a thing. Let's take a belly flop into this bit, shall we? Yeah, let's. Uh, the genre of this show. Did the pilot set establish the genre clearly for you? Yeah, I mean, it seems to be a comedy drama. A dramedy? Is that a thing? A comedy. Yeah, it's a dramedy. Dramedy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that aptly, yeah. A (laughs) comedama. What are you doing? (laughs) Um, I don't know why we go with dramedy instead of comedama. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know what comedama is supposed to be. <laughs> Comed. Okay. Drama. <laughs> comedama. Yeah, I don't like it. I think that's why it's not very well liked. Because dramedy makes sense. Um, well, I mean, yeah, because it goes. It sounds like comedy with just a little bit of extra in the front. You're not adding extra syllables or doing anything crazy. Comedama. It's terrible. It's working for me. Uh, that's Don't go gonna into be, marketing. That's going to be trending now. You watch. That'll be a hashtag Kamadama all over the place. I don't think so. Uh, I didn't necessarily pick up on it as a drama funny enough because it's 30 minutes long. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for sure. And I think you're right, but I just put it a different way, which was to say that it was a dark comedy. Uh, in fact... Uh, Specifically, it, it was a dark comedy character study. Yeah. So we're really focused on this one character and the one character's view of the world. Um, it's got this very understated, deadpan sort of awkward humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like, I don't, I don't imagine it getting to a point where I'm really like captivated by the characters in such a way that I care what they're going through. Yeah. Which is why it it stops a little short of being. A drama yeah. for me. So so the dark comedy category uh, is the box that I fit it into, and that works for me. So I guess the reason that I felt it was also partly drama um, kind of actually leans a little bit on the plot, which is um, his backstory that he gave when he gave his monologue yeah. that made me think, okay, so there's a lot more to you than you just, you know, you're a hitman and you killed people. Like, he's... He's a vet. He wasn't good at anything else. Like, that moment said to me that it was drama. Other than that, I totally agree. It seems like a dark comedy. But the fact that it, it had, like, his whole backstory with Afghanistan and not feeling like he's good at anything and having low confidence and being depressed, like, that all all felt very drama to me. Uh, I think those are that's a good point all the way around in that sort of the scene yeah. to point to. Um, I would note that scene as probably the highlight of the episode. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Because it's a truth moment, yeah. Yeah. And, however, uh, the response to it from Henry Winkler's character, Gene, the acting teacher, was so funny. I mean, it really was. It wasn't ha-ha funny because it's not that kind of show. But it was so funny. It was so absurd um, that there wasn't a moment to revel in the drama of it. And I, and I don't dis, yeah. dismiss your point at all, but um, what I definitely validate there is that we have a really interesting character. 
Hence the character study aspect of it. But we have a really interesting character because that was some really interesting deep stuff there. And Absolutely. the way it rolled out that it should have been a secret, like, I don't know, nothing in this world really makes like real world sense to me. Yeah. Um, but but Definitely. he yeah, but he just he just unloads the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I'm I'm actually a hitman and, and it was my experience in Afghanistan. Well, you said it. Uh, and and whereas I still didn't find the connection to this will be a drama, we do have a really deep, uh, and I think probably we'll come to find well-realized character that, you know, you're, you're probably right. You've seen it too, and I haven't, so you're probably right that when you give us a character with that much depth and that small of a bite, um, yeah. that it's, uh, there will probably, and especially with that little action scene that we got where he uh, shoots up the Chechenians in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, that was not like a high production scene. It was pretty simple, but it was really violent. Like it hit, oh, yeah. it hit with some, like there was some impact to that scene as quickly as he blasted them up in the car and as precisely as he seemed to do it. Oh yeah. That was, um, that was pretty gripping for, for its simplicity. That was a gripping violent scene. I would absolutely have to agree with you. Yeah. So, all right, a lot to unpack here, then, it sounds like. I would say that for what an oddball of a show it is, uh, and not in a bad way, just in a modern TV sort of way. You know, it's you can't point at it anymore and say this is a police show about the FBI and they hunt for aliens or they hunt for uh, rapists or, you know, like back in the day. Uh, <laughs> it's an HBO show. I mean, it's an adult show. And yet I think they very uh, soundly conveyed the genre, and I thought they did it in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah, and that was the nice thing about it, that it was very quick to the point. I don't feel like they just... I don't really like, especially in pilots, when they just have, like, a slow burn moment. I get that it may pay off later, but, like, I don't know. I'm I'm very impatient, and I'm like, now, now, now. I just... I want... I want the story. I want to know where we're going. I don't want the slow burn, and I feel like this very quickly gets to everything. I don't feel like any... At any point, I'm looking at my watch like, oh, God, when is, when is this going to be over? Which you, yep. we occasionally do. When's it going to present itself to mm-hmm. me? What is this shit about? Exactly. Why am I buying into this? But you know, that reminds me of high school when, you know, English teachers would tell you, well, you got to hook me in the first couple sentences. I'm a lazy reader. Mm-hmm. I always heard that and thought, uh, why do you need to insult the reader? Because you weren't an engaging writer. Yeah, Like absolutely. If, if you're going to be a, a producer of a TV show and give us a show with a really slow burn, the um, the imposition is on you to make that interesting. Absolutely. And if I lose interest, then, you know, maybe I wasn't the right audience. You can't win everybody, so maybe I wasn't the right audience member. Or uh, maybe you failed at doing this thing that you tried to do that was supposed to be really interesting. Because there's a lot of shows out there that I'm interested in watching, and I'm giving my time to you when I'm already not sure what I want to watch or which platform I want to watch it on. But, yeah, in this case, I mean, you know that I always get excited about shows that give us the uh, give us everything real quick, that establish the genre, genre quickly. Absolutely. And in this case, you have in that first scene, he walks into, like, somebody's bedroom or hotel room, and then you see a guy in the corner of the screen with a bullet hole in his head. Absolutely, and he's pocketing the gun. Yeah, and the framing of that shot is, is clever. Uh, that really draws your attention to, oh, shit, that guy's got a bullet hole in his head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's not dramatic. <laughs> it's like, oh, it feels like this is going to be kind of silly. I don't know. Just right there alone. It's like, no, nah, I don't know. This feels silly. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you meet his buddy Fuchs. 
Yeah, who he says is like an uncle to him. He yeah. was a friend of his dad's. I think he's more like a pimp, but go on. Oh with yeah, that. he is absolutely like a pimp. Yeah. So we meet him. He comes over after the hit, and he is clearly a manager of sorts. Um, and it just immediately starts picking at Barry, like about how he did the job and how he spent the money. And you can tell immediately that he's mega cheap. Um, <laughs> and I'll go ahead and pull up my quote here. Um, you know, he's talking about how his next hit um, is in Ontario, but he's flying him into LAX. And then there's a car waiting for him in Ontario. And he goes, wait, isn't that like two hours away? You know, and he's like, yeah, you know, but this is we got to cover our tracks. You know what I mean? And he goes, ah, so it's because it's cheaper or, and he goes, because it's smarter, Barry. He's like, ah, how much cheaper was it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I really did too. (laughs) And I really love, so Stephen Root is the guy who plays uh, Fuchs. He also is in um, News Radio, which is what I really know him from. And I am obsessed with him. So when I finished this, finished Barry. I binged it, caught all up, and then I started watching news radio again because I had Stephen Root withdrawals. You know, I remembered him as a kid. I remembered him being old in news radio. <laughs> and now I see him now. He's younger than he was when he was in news radio back when he was old. Yeah. What does that say about me? <laughs> so you're suddenly very slowly getting perspective on age. And as a child, everyone seems old. Yeah, must be. It was, yeah, he was actually quite young when he was in used radio, which it was, it was weird for sure. Well, he wore a suit and I was a kid, so. Exactly. That's why I'm like, fucker. when you're young, everyone looks old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, women aren't pretty because they're just your mom's age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So Barry Block is our uh, main character's. Stage name. Yeah, Berkman is his actual last name. I looked him up online. Barry Block seems to do business under a fake URL um, for Barry Block Landscape Design and Contracting (laughs) in some city in New York that I can't pronounce. Ah. So this is obviously a page for contract killing. Uh, You think so? (laughs) Yeah, billing at barryblock.com. Go send, here's an HBO Max challenge for you. Go email billing at barryblock.com and inquire about his services. <laughs> the winky face. Yeah, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Find a veiled way that's not going to get yourself in trouble to say, hey, contract killing? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Laughing till you're crying emojis so he thinks it's a joke. <laughs> Cover your bases. (laughs) (laughs) That's billing at (laughs) barryblock.com. And when you're finished with that and get your response, please feel free to forward that on over to us at pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. Please. We'll read out your conversation on this, you know, this very podcast. Do you notice how eerily similar billing at barryblock.com is to killing at barryblock.com? Oh, yeah. You think that's a coincidence? I'm starting to think maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we got Barry. We got Fuchs. Uh, then he goes to the job in California. We meet Noho Hank, who I thought was hilarious for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. He's been he's played by Anthony Kerrigan, and he 
I recognize him from Gotham. He plays one of the mobsters in Gotham. So I already absolutely have an affinity for him. He's adorable and hilarious. He just got a mobster sort of crown, doesn't he? He does. That bald cap. That's very mobstery. Yeah, he the actor has a disorder where he actually can't grow any hair, so he doesn't shave his eyebrows. He just doesn't have Oh. Oh, that's he why he always has yeah. little killer roles like this. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. He looks like a total badass and is hilarious. In and ho- horrible. <laughs> In Hollywood they call that a character look. Oh yeah? Yeah. Meaning it's, you know, something weird. Like there's a guy that I remember who was uh he was just a homeless guy, so he did homeless guy roles. And he was super not homeless. He just grew his hair out really long, and then he would, like, blacken his teeth and show up for work. And he would be standing by you, and you'd think he just snuck in for the craft services. <laughs> just some guy, Eugene, who was there for, for work that day. So, anyway, the uh, doesn't surprise me. I think it's cool that somebody with a disorder like that in a looks business yeah. is working all the time. And then somewhat unsurprising that he has, you know, mobster roles like that. Definitely. What I really enjoy about this particular role um, is that he is very clearly like an amateur criminal. So bad. <laughs> like the lipstick camera for uh, filming the his, I don't know how he's related to him. Goran is the guy and his wife is cheating on him. So they are having, ooh, what is our guy's name? Barry. <laughs> the Barry the Block. Show. They're having Barry Block. Or actually, they're having Berkman <laughs> go kill um the trainer, which is, he, his name is Ryan Madison. Well, that's his stage name. His actual name is... Richard Krempf. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird... I mean, I would definitely have changed my name, too. Would <laughs> um, you smush a bunch of letters together? Do you get a really lousy last name for this show? I don't know any Kremps. <laughs> Sorry for all the family of Kremps that I just offended. Yeah, and a belated apology for Dorcas as well. <laughs> I mean, there's one vowel in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's not a real name. It can't be. Kremf. Can't this be. Is like, that's like, um, what's that really rich guy who owns Tesla? <laughs> Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk. Musk. That's like his son. It's like that. It's not a name. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't make any sounds. What do you, what do you sa- sound it out? Yeah, so he had the lipstick cam and was going through and watching um, Grant's wife cheat on him with the trainer slash actor, uh, Ryan Madison. And he is the hit. So Barry is supposed to go kill Ryan Madison, which is how he gets into the drama class. He's He follows him there, you know, when he's doing his recon um, and ends up going in because he sees Sally in the... Allie, and she is practicing her lines and sounding so dramatic about it. And he seems mm. to be like, you know, he's he's there to check out this guy he's going to kill, but some lady seems to be in distress. So, of course, he's got to go over and help her. And she seems very put off with him because she's acting. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you totally screwed me up. Yeah, he runs into back alley Sally and ruins her mojo right before she gets on stage. <laughs> back alley Sally. <laughs> and she's she's practicing her lines and it's, Fuck you! Fuck you! Motherfucker! Don't call me lady! Don't call me lady! And it seems like a genuine quarrel that's happening, so he turns the corner. And well, she's... that's generous, but okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you didn't think it seemed like a real quarrel? No, I think that she was very, like, that she was poorly acting in that scene and she was supposed to be poorly acting. I don't know. That was just my take oh, on it. Yeah. That she was over the top. I didn't know if it was just bad acting yeah, or if, it, oh, was exactly, a, if yeah. it was a good actor acting badly. 
Yeah, you never know. People yeah, but sound ridiculous. Then we meet back Ali Sally and realize what's going on. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I remember having an audition in California, and I uh, and I was I looked at the girl's headshot next to me, and I said, "Hey, that's a nice headshot. Who who took that?" And she threw her fingers in her ear, and she ran down the hallway and went and like hit. And I was like, "Well, that was weird." And her boyfriend, who was there also auditioning, said, "She's getting into character." <laughs> so like that experience where it's like yeah okay and i'm the weird one got it uh, <laughs> so was her character really shy or something or no she just didn't she just couldn't have the distraction oh she gotcha. just couldn't have it couldn't have it yeah. oh I how dare ye don't you see me here prepare preparing i am so method yeah i am yes, method af dear sir well and gene cousino the um drama instructor or coach or whatever yep. you call him Fonzie. um yeah he seems very method as well because his method for pulling something better out of her bullshit performance was really insulting her like making her as vulnerable as possible um deeply deeply vulnerable basically like revealing that she confided that she didn't think she was going to make it in this industry and feeling like she should just give up she cried in front of me like snot running down her nose. It was disgusting. It was humiliating. Yeah. Yeah, he really humiliates her, puts her on the spot. And then says, and really, I thought a nice moment in the framing of, the, of that scene, says, go. Like, continue. Like, finish the scene. You got to go. Like, use it. Yes. He- use the frustration and the, and the fear and pain I just put in you to have a truthful performance. Which Absolutely. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then she continued this stupid performance that I wasn't particularly moved by. Yeah. I have to say, I don't know if it's the actress or the writing or what, but I just, I really don't like Sally. No? <laughs> I just, maybe it's so that I don't like the stereotype of her, you know, like she's the attention seeking, um, overly dramatic, self-involved, like just the stereotype of something that other girls really hate. <laughs> Uh, I, I liked her fine. Uh, the character did all those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was true. Uh, I think I think ultimately the thing to be blamed here is the show just in general mm-hmm. because th- there wasn't any meat to that. And all the scene was was her using a bunch of cuss words anyway. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't mean to say it like that like I'm too good for it, but fuck you, fuck you, suck my dick. And, and it was like, oh my God, what a moving performance. It's like, oh, you know. I don't. I'm not getting an Emmy every time I go out there and use some some bad language to insult somebody. So it was really a pretty weak scene, like the scene within a scene, but the scene itself was pretty weak. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, whether it's her, I haven't seen enough to the of the show to know how I feel about her. I enjoyed her once we got to the bar. Oh yeah. Because yeah. you have Barry then does a scene with his job with his Mark uh, Ryan Kremf Richard Kremf Ryan Madison. Um, and uh, he doesn't have... He's just standing there. And the guy says, hey, my understudy had to do a catering. No, my understudy. My scene partner had to do a catering. Step in for him. So he goes up there and listlessly just sort of delivers a line as he reads it. And then the uh, crowd, you know, the other students in the class embrace him without a hint of jealousy or competitiveness at all that you, you know, obviously wouldn't expect that kind of thing from Hollywood actors. Yeah, they make it seem like they're all really hippies and that they're really a community. And and maybe that is the case in some acting communities. But, 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but probably not, and also I doubt it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's fine. So so that's an that was a nice crowd of people that also is talentless and not gonna make it. Maybe that's the distinction. Hey, we stick together because none of us have any talent, we're not gonna make it. Um and our our uh and we got the worst fucking acting teacher. <laughs> which is, of course, a callback to arrested development. Oh, because he's, he's the worst the lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. That's right. Got the worst fucking lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yes. I'm a, yep. Thank you. That was a deep cut, but it was, yeah. I thought it was effective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he goes and hangs out with them. He's in love with, with the blonde, with Back Alley Sally, who <laughs> just Alley like Sally. looks into him deeply, like tells him, basically tells him, like, you just pursue it. You could be whatever you want to be. You go for it. You were great up there, which of course he wasn't. No, he was terrible. Yeah. Like, okay, so the one issue I really did have with the descriptions we were reading of the episode was that it says that he loves acting or fell in love with acting. He got the acting bug. Bug. And I'm just like, okay, he got the girl bug yeah. and she pointed to acting. Like, at no point do I feel like he actually takes acting seriously in the sense that he would be a good actor. Like, he, he wasn't good. So... It to me seems like the girl says, "Hey, you know, I'll you know you'll have something to do with me if you're in acting." Therefore, he is in acting. He got the babe bug, and she happens mm-hmm. to be pursuing acting. Yep, exactly. Yeah. If if she were at a working at a bowling alley, he'd be working on bowling right I now. I was gonna say if she worked at a restaurant, he'd be a regular. <laughs> exactly. That'd be much easier. Yeah. So they're all telling him, "Bring your monologue next week. Come back. We'll see you soon." Uh, he takes Ryan home from the bar because Ryan can't get another DUI. Ryan, of course, is his mark. Ryan hugs him in the car, which I thought was so weird and funny, and it was one of the lines that I wrote down because um, no ho, Hank is in the car watching Barry <laughs> taking him around or, you know, just watching Barry, making sure he's going to be acting right. Uh, and he sees the two hug in the car and then Ryan gets out of the car and he goes, what the fuck? What the fuck? They were hugging. <laughs> <laughs> How baffling would that be if you were really hanged? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. But like if, if he was just trying to get close to him. Wouldn't you ex- kind of expect that that's part of the job? I don't know. I'm not a hitman. I would just kind of assume that you kind of want to get close to the person, get close to their routine, you know, and then they never see it coming. Yeah, I wouldn't dismiss it out of hand, but I would, that would get my, my feelers up and I'd be thinking, what the fuck was that? Like, what yeah. is your method that's for doing point. this? Yeah, I'd want, an, I'd want more information. Yeah, because if you're hugging, what's to say that you don't change your mind and decide you don't want to off him after all? Why would you be hugging him anyway? I don't know. Don't all actors get really gushy and hug? I mean, they all basically just sang Kumbaya and whatever after he did it, his. It was an easy thing to explain away if Barry was a little bit faster on his feet, like intellectually, mm-hmm. to say I'm getting close with the mark. Like I know exactly where he is. I know exactly who he hangs out with. I took him home drunk uh, tonight, and he's a and he's a touchy feely actor type. So he gave me a hug. What's it to you? He's gonna be dead by tomorrow. Leave me alone. Exactly. Yeah. And then No Ho Hank would have driven away and said, "Okay, okay." We will, we will see. We will see. <laughs> yeah, I like it. You know, we didn't, uh, we st- you started talking about it and, it, and it deserves a little bit more of our attention. Uh, I think I distracted you by interrupting and then we got swept up into some other things. Sure. But No Ho Hank and the video camera. Oh, yeah. So, Gorin, the, uh, the uh, re- like really daddy gangster, mm-hmm. uh, and he's, you know, Hank is sort of his number two guy. Yeah. Uh, takes a video with a with a lipstick camera mm-hmm. and start, he he's 
starting to tell the story to Barry more dramatically than he needs to tell it. He says, so I put the camera in the, then we find this. And he starts playing the video of Goran's wife having sex with cheating on her husband with Ryan Krempf. And, uh, and it's, it's Goran's response to stand up and say, why do you see this? I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. He gets it. They were having sex. Like, he gets it. You're so impressed with yourself because you stashed camera. Mm-hmm. That was probably my favorite part. Yeah, no, it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually really liked, so scene, same scene even, I think, um, is when um, Barry says, like, yeah, yeah, I can definitely do it. Like, don't worry about the money. You know, Fuchs will deal with the money. You just give me a name and address and I'll be there. Um and he goes, you know, and it, if you want me to do a little something extra, I, I, I can probably do that for you, basically. And says, you know, like, I could stab him, stab him in the nut if you wanted. Like, I've done it before. I'm very comfortable with doing it again. Um, <laughs> and Noho Hank just looks very perplexed and kind of appalled by it. And he goes, can't you just shoot him? Because being shot is very painful. Have you been shot before? I have. And it's crazy painful. <laughs> I was hoping that that was the one you were going for. I put yeah. a big check mark next to it just to be able to prove that was the one that I was hoping you were going to say. I yeah. could stab him in the nut. Um, and it was how weirdly he stammered through, I'm very comfortable doing it again. And the reason yeah. he brought it up was because his idiot pimp Fuchs said, hey, uh, tell him, remember that time you stabbed a guy in a nut in the nut? And he's mm-hmm. saying this on the phone. You should tell him about that. I think that's the kind of thing that would really interest these guys. Yeah. Which, like, don't, take your your direction from a, a lousy director yeah to have been dropping that knowing it was bad timing and a weird thing to do anyway mm-hmm. and even those guys are looking at him like who the fuck would stab another man in the nut like, <laughs> yeah, like don't do be that. cruel to him just <laughs> kill him <laughs> it's the code it's the way <laughs> yeah. have you been shot before i have and it's crazy painful <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny and it just kind of went on yeah <laughs> yeah that guy's adorable <laughs> yeah you got a big crush on him i do no he so between the accent and he's just his character in gotham was very devious so uh-huh. it's just it's nice to see him play kind of a dorky character like even still a mob character he was very serious in gotham whereas he's kind of a dork in this one oh so from your point of view he's playing a little bit against type here if oh, the type yeah. you know him as is very serious and deep yeah <laughs> Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the he's kind of the muscle in Gotham. And here he's Goran's muscle, but but the dumb muscle. Yeah, sort of. Um, hmm. What's a wimpy, pathetic, flaccid muscle? I can't think of one. <laughs> Could have been somebody. Whoops, bad jokes. Okay. <laughs> um, so Goran is obviously going to be the heavy. Uh, which I, I think that's worth mentioning while we're on his scene. This was really the only scene we had with him, and we'll be clarify that as we go along. Um, so Fuchs calls up Barry mm-hmm. and says, Hey, Barry, buddy. Um, what was with the hug? The the guys called me. The Chech guys called me last night. Those guys are scaring the shit out of me, saying that you're hugging the Mark. Yeah, he said you and your Mark were hugging. <laughs> yeah, he's a super nice guy. Super lovable, nice guy. <laughs> nice guy. Uh, and Fuse clearly has Barry fooled into believing that he's killing bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's obviously not. 
Yeah. I think from this, I mean, to me, I, maybe the, yeah, I don't this, say that as a matter of fact. This hit specifically. Yeah. He's a good guy. Well, he even mentions the Rochester hit that happened at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Rochester's not like a place where I think like it's known for its mob activity. Because he familiar, says yeah. later, um, I mean, it's like small town, upstate New York. Okay. So my take is that he's really just a contract killer for petty people who want to see people murdered now and then. Yeah, that would be my understanding of people on the market for hitman. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I guess I'm I'm fixating on the low rent aspect of the description. Like, had I not read he's a low rent hitman, I might have missed it that his marks, I think, are just poor saps who get murdered by him. Yeah. It seems to be so far. Yeah. So anyway, uh, he starts telling Fuchs, uh, I think I want to pursue acting now. He says, these guys these guys are professional actors, like really good, mm-hmm. like a really serious business, which is obviously not true. Um, and they say that I got it going on. So I think I could pursue this. And he's saying, no, super can't. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, you can't do that. You're kind of got to hide. Oh, the part that the, the line that I loved was, was, uh, you're kind of not a face forward sort of career. Like, like you mean to tell me that you're going to go put a hit out on somebody. They're going to say, is that that guy from that chicken commercial? (laughs) He goes, yeah, I don't know if I do commercials (laughs) because he's hopey dreamy about it. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was amusing, but what you have ultimately is Fuchs, uh, holding Barry back from pursuing his dreams. Yeah, and you, I feel like that's an ongoing theme throughout the series is that Fuchs does not really listen to what Barry wants. He has a very specific idea. He doesn't really seem to have much of a consideration for Barry, kind of the second beat of that whole he's being very cheap as a manager. Mm-hmm. You know, in addition to he had to take a shitty flight, he has a, it was the most rinky dink station wagon that was supposed to be his you know, rental vehicle. And it's just like, oh, I got you a really good one. It's really nice. And it's like, man, you asshole. (laughs) Like, you just don't give a damn. You just, you know, well, you are the pimp. That's absolutely what's going on. That's what I was going to say. He's not an uncle. He's a pimp. He's he's a product. He's a product to be leveraged. And considering he's making big money, sending Barry out to go do some really dirty, dirty work. um, Fuchs is a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, Fuchs is, is like the real villain here. Regardless yeah. of, you know, how it all shapes up. So how do we get from there? I'm trying to remember now. From that scene to uh, Ryan's dead. I just spoiled it. I think that's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think... I. I think it's safe to say he died. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, that happened. Um, let's see. He was... Mm, uh, Gene. Gene, that's right. He's he had out. his monologue with Gene. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to prepare a monologue and didn't. And Gene sees him in the car and says, "You weren't here. You didn't prepare a monologue." And he says, "Ryan was very disappointed, which mm-hmm. is super ridiculous." And he goes, "Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I had to work." He goes, mm, "Yeah, well, that's unfortunate, or that's a bummer, or whatever." He says, uh, and he says, "Well, Ryan was your scene partner, and you really let him down." And he says, and and he says something about. Like well, like I'm like I'm good at this, right? He goes, no, you're trash. That was trash. What you did last time, you're garbage, um, and lays it on pretty thick. Yeah, and, absolutely. Because there's no, there was no truthfulness. Mm-hmm. So he also wasn't doing anything. He was just sort of reading the lines. 
of dialogue. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and adding nothing to them whatsoever. Right. So, But his big problem with it was that there was not an iota of truth in there. Um, and then we get into that scene that we mentioned earlier uh, in which he tells him, and I don't remember exactly what sparks him telling him this, but he, uh, you know, went to Afghanistan. He didn't really know what to do with himself afterward. Oh, it's because he's not a good actor. He says, yeah, well, the one thing I'm really good at is killing people. Yeah. And Gene sort of brushes it off like, oh, God, here we go. Give me some, you know, shovel me some shit and call it sugar. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, you're a killer. And then tells him this really deep thing, um, which we, we talked about it already. Do you want to elaborate on it more now that we're in it? Sure. I mean, he just says that he went to Afghanistan. He came back and, you know, the only thing he had been good at was killing. So his dad's friend, who is mm. basically like an uncle to him, you know, set him up with a job where he can continue to kill bad guys. Um, and... Real bad guys. Real, real bad pieces guys. of shit. Yeah, real pieces. Yeah. And he said that the depressed feelings came back. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, while it helped keep the feelings at bay for a while, he's feeling it all over again, and he feels like there has to be more to his life than this, that there's got to be something else that he's good at. Which, I mean, this part, for me, is the first part where it's like, I can see why he would be interested in, in acting. Because before that, it seemed like it was just about the woman. And uh, this is the first time where it's like, okay, you need something else. You need a different purpose in your life. Yeah, because I actually didn't get the sense that he was only there for the girl. He obviously got all swept up. And I did a play once because a girl told me that there was no guys in it. Yeah. And I should try out for it. And wouldn't it be something if she was the main girl and I was the main guy? Uh, we both got cast uh, as like... She had a part, I had this nothing part that I had to spend like six months working on in college. Never spoke to her again. <laughs> yeah, that's how so, it goes. Yeah, so I, I've been suckered into the same. So I relate to that part of it. He obviously is swept up uh, by her. But Ryan was great to him. Ryan talks about how, um, you know, you were, he goes, it was really cool how low-key you played it and just let me do my thing and express myself. Yeah. You were a very generous partner. Yeah. And he goes, well, I am? So he's, I, I think he's moved by camaraderie. Like, yeah, like the inclusion. These, yeah, being included. This cool group of people who's treating him really, really well. Uh, and wants him to succeed and they're encouraging of him. He obviously has no place there. But, you know, they're all going to be failures. Also, you have Antonio who just got uh, booked on CSI as a dead body. But, hey, next time he's going to be a live one. Yeah. So you got a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Um, so, But he doesn't know that, and he's buying it because he wants to be a part of it and because he wants something else other than what he has because he is deeply depressed. Absolutely. Yeah, he needs something else to throw himself into. Yeah. So really quick, while we um, are tangentially close to it, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about his... We don't get much on them, mostly name drops, um, but we get two people from The Good Place that are also no. here. So I was really <laughs> excited about that. Simone in The Good Place is Sasha here, and Janet in The Good Place is Natalie here. And they're just, you know, two of the gals that is acting class. And then we also have Nick and Jermaine. I don't feel like we got much from either of them yet. 
I didn't even know who they name, were. Okay, name drop. Yeah, yeah, they went through and did introductions, and so I'm like, okay, <laughs> if you if you list the name, you know, in a 30 minute episode, every moment's precious. So if you list the name, I should probably keep it. Yeah, we probably want to know these later. Yep, exactly. Uh, I'm doing, as you know, I'm doing the good place right now. So it was yeah. a real pleasure to see Janet, who mm-hmm. I'm a little bit in love with. Which you can't watch the oh, good yeah. place and not be a little bit in love with Janet. Oh yeah, it's impossible. Uh, she's so good. She's so talented. She has nothing to do here. She looked younger here. Was this pre? No, it was after. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Because I thought it was after because there's only two seasons of this and Good Place is wrapped. Yeah. As far as I know, The Good Place is what got her pretty big. I don't know if she did Broad City before or after, though. Um, I think she did Broad City, then did The Good Place, then did Barry. Well, that's the show that Elise and I are binging right now, and I'm all into it right now. Derek Bortles! Um, <laughs> so Blake. But yeah. Blake Bortles! <laughs> there you go. So Bortles. I'm looking forward to when we review that, hopefully sometime right after our HBO Max showdown. Yeah, definitely. I would like that. It's a nice short one, too. Yeah. Plus, it's mm, it's just colorful. I mean, it's a fun... Once you get into it, because I wasn't into it immediately, mm-hmm. but once you get into it, you really want to sit and ruminate in that world. But I do love it. And yes, I was stoked to see her here. I have a feeling I'm going to see her a lot. Yeah. Now and realize that I've seen her for years and didn't oh, yeah. notice it because now, now to me, she's a star. She's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and everybody seems to know it, which is why she got so much great material on that show. I mean, there's an episode oh, yeah. titled Janet's in which she plays Everyone. every single role. Every single one. Yeah. And really well. Okay. So really quick. I've been listening to The Good Place, the podcast. Um no, it's really good. Yeah. Um, the guy who plays Sean um, yeah. does it. So he's got an amazing voice. So he's very, he's perfect for it. Um, the guy who played Sean, mm-hmm. um, he was talking about how he felt like she was really good at each one, except for there was one where she felt, he felt like she was bad at playing Jason. He was like, oh, that was really flat. Like, that's not what, you know, that's not as good as I had expected. And it turned out that it was, her playing Eleanor playing oh. <laughs> Jason. So she nailed it. Like, it's like, no, it was it was off. Right. It wasn't quite right. Even Chidi saw through that. So it was really good. She played someone else playing someone else. He picked up on the nuance in the role mm-hmm. without even really realizing it and criticized the performance yes. when it was actually a compliment of the performance because Absolutely. it was that nuance. Yes. Oh, that's impressive. It was really cool. That is a good point because I know exactly the part you're talking about because mm-hmm. I remembered as you're looking at everybody's um, uh, mannerisms. Yeah. Like when she was um, uh, Tahani, mm-hmm. she was a different person. Like oh, she yeah. looked different. Um, when she was Chidi, like obvi- like I'm looking at her and Chidi thinking, all right, she don't look like Chidi. Mm-hmm. That's just not happening. But then I'm picking up on every single mannerism thinking... Yeah, it's more subtle, but I think she's nailing it. Like, yeah. like even when, um, what's his name uh, from Jackson Jacksonville? Oh, Jason. Mentioned? Jason. Yeah, even when Jason is playing Jason, Jason's overacting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so to watch her play Jason, overacting. Yeah. And then nail it was. A, She's she's quite talented. Oh yeah, absolutely, very very talented. So talented, she is um, taking over our our uh, review of Barry, and she didn't even have anything to do in this. I episode. know, but she does come back. She doesn't get nearly as much to do as the Good Place gave her, but she is 
definitely a pleasure to see. That's a shame. Don't they know who she is? They they must not. <laughs> um, Maybe I mean they have two seasons out it is a returning series so you know maybe they are just keeping her in the pocket for later because let me tell you back alley sally is not my favorite and i hope that they have you know a better female lead in in mind you know what the problem is what's that nobody watches broadcast tv anymore which is where the good place is on and this is hbo motherfucking max um, I wouldn't say that nobody, like, I think you're the only one who's like, I won't watch broadcast TV, but like NBC does pretty well, like continues to do pretty well. And same with CBS, like they continue to do well and have decent broadcast shows out. So, I mean, you may be too good for it, but people still watch it. <laughs> Not that many people still watch it on broadcast TV. I mean, you watch the, you look at the ratings with the ratings. Oh, done on the broadcast years. TV. I mean, they watch the shows, but they may not watch it through that medium like nobody watches things live anymore. that's what i'm saying nobody watches them on broadcast broadcast is dead so yes. even broadcast shows they they make for streaming now yes. and it's like okay. they either make it for streaming or it's ncis yeah because you got peacock tv now yeah which you know has the good place and the office and parks and rec and they have all of the you know they're kind of cool because they're streaming wars you know they're adding content to that episode so it's kind of like having the dvd they have deleted scenes oh. for you yeah ah the streaming version mm-hmm. they have the extended stuff so like you know i think nbc you had to be 21 minutes and like 59 seconds or something like to the frame um so they had to cut a lot of stuff that yeah. you know just couldn't make it to the frame so they would do extended versions of things you know for like a streaming launch and that so there are long versions of you know office episodes that i hadn't seen before oh nice yeah so it's actually really worth going to peacock tv and checking out the episodes because you get a lot of bonus material not to mention i think that's its first uh rearing of its uh, of its little scrawny peacock neck and little peanut head in our show <laughs> As a participant in the streaming wars. I haven't seen anything on Peacock. So. Yeah. I mean, I, not that I haven't seen anything. I haven't spent any time with Peacock. Yeah. Um, Yellowstone was available on that. So that was a way it could be watched. But um, that's coming to Paramount Plus. Well, it is on Paramount Plus, yes. Okay. I mean, that that's yeah. going to be... Exclusive. Yeah. I think... I don't know if they're still... I think they still have the network, the Paramount network. Yeah. But I'm feeling that the Yellowstone is becoming more of a... It'll be really a streaming show. Mm-hmm. It'll be one of their anchor shows is what I'm trying to say. And I, okay. and I believe, because I saw something about it recently, that's going to spin off into multiple series that that might just be family dynasty stuff that take place in the same universe. But that's expanding into a Yellowstone universe. Interesting. Which will be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely an appetite for it, I think. Right. Um, okay. So uh, we are with our characters. When he's talking to Gene, Gene says to him, all right. So that wasn't so bad. Where'd you get that from? Mm-hmm. And he goes, what? And he doesn't speak Hollywood lingo either. Yeah. So he doesn't realize that when you're in Hollywood, like there's three subjects you talk about, which is uh, which union you're in, headshots, and craft services. So he doesn't <laughs> understand the conversation. And uh, he goes, you're telling me you improvised that? That was improvisation? All right, fine. I expect to see you Thursday. Like, prepare a monologue, pay in advance. You have to pay in advance. <laughs> yeah. So he tells him, I'm a contract killer. That's what I do professionally. Fine. Take my acting class. Maybe you do have a little bit of talent. Um, And remember, you have to pay in advance. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely (laughs) becomes a recurring thing. So like where Fuchs is really um, cheap with spending money, um, 
I would say that Jean is very pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me. Hey, you're, you know, class is canceled, but you still have to pay me for it. <laughs> uh, and from there, he goes to uh, Ryan's house for some reason. I don't remember why. Or maybe didn't catch why. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that either. And Ryan... Is already dead. Bullet to the head. Boom. Oh, I thought it was in his vehicle. It yeah, was. it's okay. So that was outside of the drama place. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was in front of the apartments where he had dropped him off before. Um, so I think this is immediately after the monologue scene. So mm-hmm. I think he go he literally walks from there over to the car, notice it, and I think he's there because he's doing the recon work again. He's expecting to see Ryan and is expect like I think this is the day he's supposed to kill him. He's definitely armed with a loaded weapon. You know, yeah, he's about to mo- kill him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what he's supposed to do. He comes up and yeah, he's got already got a bullet in his head and he kind of looks through the, you know, the front me, you know, the front the window. Yeah. Front window and kind of sees where the, the, um, bullet kind of came from and looks behind him and he's like, oh, okay. So there's a shotgun, you know, a guy with a shotgun over through what the, you call that a sunroof of a vehicle. Uh, yeah, he, so I see what you're saying. He was looking at, and I didn't really realize that. So he looks yeah, through the bullet hole to look at what the trajectory was, mm-hmm. and you got a guy standing there with a rifle yeah. uh, who is loading up, and he's jammed. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, trying to reload his rifle uh, to hit Barry now, presumably, and yeah. he's walking over to him. These are the Chech guys that had spied on him earlier. Mm-hmm. They fucking hugging? What are they fucking hugging? Yeah. Um, so he's walking toward them. He does have his gun out because he was about to kill Ryan, um, as he walks toward them, he's realizing, are you about to take a shot at me? You're going to aim that thing at me? And boom, 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 boom. In that very violent uh, takedown of those four guys in the car all at yeah. once. And he walks away. He's pretty flustered by this. He goes, fuck. And yeah. walks away down the, in front of the apartments. It's, I don't know, it's a very, you know, Los Angeles, Southern California looking neighborhood that he's in. Yeah. I think he takes his handgun apart and sort of stashes it, it. Yeah. yeah in pieces and uh, not far either so th- yeah, that, that was, will be found that was odd yeah and then goes to a diner the police are pulling up as he's ordering do you have whiskey here <laughs> no we don't have whiskey like herbal tea though <laughs> which right, is obviously like the alternative you offer for somebody who wants whiskey <laughs> this reminds me when i was serving tables at the riverside hotel uh and i just started the the hotel was full with a convention for marines yeah and there was a guy from georgia uh he sat down and i'd never been to the south yet at this point but Mm -hmm. i still knew a thing or two about southerners which is when they ask you for um sweet tea you don't offer them sugar on the table because you're not a fucking asshole um so he sits down and he says he's taking his hat off and he says uh y'all got sweet tea here and mm-hmm. I said, no, I'm sorry. And he throws his hat and he gets all flustered and he throws his hat and he goes, I'll take a gin and tonic then. Mm. <laughs> and I thought in his mind, what he just heard was, this is going to be a long week. Oh, no. Because <laughs> you're out west and there's no sweet tea at the hotel. So he started drinking immediately. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, whiskey to herbal tea. Mm. Not sweat. I don't buy it, people. but I can relate to it a little bit. Yeah, that's funny. Interesting. So that was a funny moment, uh, and he just keeps low profile eating at the diner, which mm-hmm. obviously, which you even feel while you're watching it, yeah, he wouldn't be implicated. He would have gotten away totally with that. Yeah. Just sitting there, just calmly. She looks out the window and goes, hmm, I wonder what's going on out there. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, was, so that made him look like he was pretty good at this. 
Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty savvy. Yeah, and the final scene, she um, he asks her what she's got in her hand, and I assume it's a script. And she was like, "Oh yeah, I'm an actor." And you know, after a little pause, he goes, "Yeah, I'm an actor too." Um, you know, which kind of gives us a little hint that he's going back to he's going to continue going back to this drama class. Yep. He will be in Jean's class, um, and that's the end of our episode. Short, sweet, and to the point. Uh, characters, I was amused all the way around uh, to amused and more. Like I was yeah. at, at worst amused and at best really intrigued by him. And I like the interplay between a couple of the characters. Henry Winkler is a classic as always. Yeah. Um, and uh, I understand why you find Back Alley Sally to be a not very interesting leading woman. Oh, I mean, it's not that she's not a good leading woman. I don't enjoy the character. I think that she probably she serves the story very well. On a personal note, not a criticism of the show. She just irritates the hell out of me. Uh, no, I get that. Yeah, okay. I, I see why that would be. Okay, a, why, I just wanted you to make sure wanted to yeah. make sure you didn't think I'm like saying her actor her acting's bad or that she was written terribly. Like nothing like that. I just don't like her. Character. No, you, I think you made <laughs> okay. it clear that it was a personality type that yes. she's even playing it as as prescribed probably mm-hmm. and it's still really a bother so i see why that would be and i mean it would be really nice to have you know a female lead in the show that that is an intriguing female lead that you want to get more of as opposed to one that you don't yeah i want to see less and less of her every time so i understand that criticism however i don't I, you've seen it i haven't seen it at this point i don't really share it because because I looked at the way that he looked at her and would and understood why somebody like him would have totally fallen in love with her mm-hmm. in that moment as she invited him in. So Oh, uh, I totally do too. Yeah, for this for at this point in the game, I think she's um she's not really a character though. So I mean for our purposes she is, but she seems more like a storytelling component. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like there's I don't know anything about her. I don't really know that I care to uh, but but the effect that she's going to have on him uh, leaves me interested in where that dynamic is going to go. That's fair. Yeah. I feel like we get quite a bit on the characters we do get for as limited time as we get. Totally. Um, obviously, the quick lineup of we just listed off names was, I mean, we get very little of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still do kind of get enough of them to understand their dynamic, um, even if you don't understand their personal backstories or, you know. How they fit into everything. Um, well, yeah. Fuchs, uh, I see how he fits in, and I'm, I I want to know how that goes. Goran, sure. I, I feel like we're he's going to be the heavy, um, and that's going to be bad because he's clearly a, a violent gangster. So that's going to be a pretty rough guy to have just made an enemy out of. Oh yeah, absolutely. Having just murdered his little noho Hank. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm intrigued. Um, so uh, you had, we covered that characters is a pass for me. Sounds like yes, it's a pass from absolutely. you. Absolutely. And as we were winding down on characters, you said uh, his line to the the server at the diner that uh, yeah, I'm an actor too, right there. What's the arc that we can expect from the rest of the story? And does the pilot set it up for us? I feel like that's queuing it up pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Definitely. He's going to work by night and act a little bit on the side by day. <laughs> yeah, and we can already tell that Fuchs is going to have a problem with it. Like, that's obviously going to be a huge conflict of interest. You know, you don't 
you don't kill people by night and then go put your face all over, you know, television. You just don't. You're a killer all day, even though you only do your hits at night. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, now, I don't... Well, yeah, we know what's going to come next. I mean, he just made an enemy out of the mob, which, you know, it's going to take some time to reveal that. Um, I yeah. think uh, I think Goran's going to be pretty hip to it pretty quick. Uh, he's chasing the girl. He's got this conflict of interest with the life that he's wanting to interested in pursuing now. His mm-hmm. little his artist heart is encouraging him to do something that's you know patently absurd, considering his actual job, which is also patently absurd. Um, and I and and that's where we're going from here. So I think they queued it up nicely for us. I'd give that a pass, and I'm you know looking forward to it. Same. Brings us to the hook. Is there a hook that leaves you wanting more? Um, I mean, yes, I definitely binged it. Um, for me, the hook. Um, I think it was just what. Honestly, it was his monologue. Being brutally honest was what hooked me. Him wanting to reach out to somebody in the real, you know, real world, basically, um, versus his crazy criminal, like surreal world of of crime. Um, yeah, he just a wanted normal to, person. Yeah, he just, fingers. he just wants to make a connection, and I think that that's a very it's very compelling, and that I I I would be interested in watching more. Uh, I put the same exact thing. In fact, I wrote on my card the scene with him and Jean. That was the hook. Yeah, for me um, to say because it showed there's a lot of weight in that scene. I mean, you still had the things that are funny about it. It's not a ha ha funny show. No. Um. It's amusing. I mean, it is, it is funny. It's clearly a comedy, and it's you know, it, but it's not supposed to be haha funny. Yeah. Um, but it is funny, and the dynamic was funny. But it's that, it was that, it was the juxtaposition between. It was the dichotomy of the two of of him trying to be honest and trying to and sh- demonstrating that he has tremendous depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and having that be totally missed and not be taken seriously. So you got that seriousness of it, and you got the absurdity of it. Uh, one could call it a uh, comedama uh, if one wanted to. <laughs> but we won't. We'll continue calling it a dramedy. <laughs> a dark dramedy if you'd like, but a dramedy no less. Um, so anyway, yeah, that was that was a big scene, and it was, you know, it was well put together from mm-hmm. a from a technical aspect. Um, I feel like, and, um, and it was well acted in both parts of it, him being serious and, 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 you know, raw or whatever word you want and, like uh, vulnerable. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the word you want. I thought about it and then I decided against it. Yeah, Not for any particular reason. Um, Guys don't like that word. <laughs> well, I don't know that he was vulnerable necessarily. I it, mean, telling somebody that you're a killer, that is kind of vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. The admission of a mental health, you know, issue at all. Well, I guess I just don't know him well enough to know if that was a vulnerable moment to him. Objectively, one would say that that was pretty vulnerable. Oh, yeah. But but the tone of the show is such that, like, did we just drop a bomb and he's, like, out of touch? Like, was he being vulnerable? Was he being sensitive? Or was he just being honest about the situation? I don't know that he was emotionally moved by it. I would think he was, but I don't know. The show's pretty fresh and it's... Pretty absurd yeah. circumstances that we're in. So, but yeah, vulnerable. Uh, so to be vulnerable with him and then for him to miss it and move in for the sale. Yeah. 
There was a lot that I liked about that. Yeah, it was And really there was good. enough that I liked about that. And honestly, it was mostly the weight, the personal weight of his monologue, of his admission, mm-hmm. um, that that I wanted to know more about. And then Henry Winkler's character just reflected the tone of the show. It makes you think, all right, fuck, I want to watch more. Yeah. It's so good. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll have to look forward to continuing with it after The Good Place. Yeah. And whatever else. I don't know. I think I committed myself to Lucifer. Oh. With Elise. Next. Yeah. Well, you gotta find you gotta cu- find a couple of them that you have as your shows. You know, unless your schedules align really well together, you may find yourself sitting down with a lot of episodes yet to be watched, but you can't watch any of them. I'm doing Handmaid's Tale while we're doing our show. Oh. Shows. Okay. So has she already seen it? Or she doesn't want to watch it. Okay, interesting. She says every time she sees somebody else watching it, which has been a, a bunch of times, it's always the same deal. Really dark and bleak and depressing and leaving her thinking, yeah, I don't really want to watch that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just so compelling. Like, I get that, but at the same time, it's just, I don't know. It's it's something to watch. I don't think she, I think she resists real heavy TV mm-hmm. or film. Like, she doesn't like horror movies. Yeah. I think once you force her to do it, she seems to like those things. Yeah. It's just not something you go to TV for. Yeah. Doesn't seem to have a big appeal to her. Which is funny because I I would say that I feel the same way, that you're more into the dramas than I am. And I'm just like, oh, I want something light and funny and something nerdy, you know. that's That would be especially great. So, you know, a nice blend of those things would be perfect. Yeah, I like it when shit is really twisted and fucked up. Yeah, you just like drama. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I don't, but but usually that's what I have an appetite for. Except for all of last year, for obvious reasons. Obvious reasons, yeah. Keep it light. Yeah, and yet, I guess I just didn't have enough things in my quo. <laughs> in my quo, quo um, <laughs> that were fun. <laughs> Your list. <laughs> they don't have a queue anymore. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad they dumped that. Yeah, I guess. They had to. (laughs) Because nobody knew how to say it or spell it. I think we all learned and still didn't take it seriously and refused to say it. It's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Well, Q was what they called it when they were DVDs because it's like what's on deck for when you order it. Like there's actual sequential importance to it. So it's a Q. It's on Q. Q'd up for the next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I really had to strategically plan when they would come and all that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I miss that time. But Hastings was still renting movies at the time. And I just loved the family days of going to Hastings and spending, you know, however long there and dicking around and looking at all the movies, separating, coming back together. I liked the process of it. I liked the, um, that was good family time. Yeah, that's a good point. We enjoyed that too. Yeah. So if you cut that part out of it and the movies just showed up, it was like, "Eh, it's not really like renting movies. It's just watching movies and i thought we were gonna go rent movies so uh it was it was just a thing that i missed and then netflix went and changed the world so right yeah so it was before they had streaming really and when they had the dvd service like they had some streaming stuff but most of it like there wasn't much of it and it was mostly movies if i remember correctly so when i got the dvds it was my first opportunity to really binge things without <laughs> downloading them illegally through torrents oh yeah <laughs> no, so i did a lot like that those were my in- early binging days and i could rip the dvds straight to my laptop right. too so like you didn't keep them long as soon as you ripped them you threw them back in the mail for your next one i don't remember who said this i think it was steve jobs uh and one of our angry listeners can write me some hate mail correcting me about it at 
pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. That's pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. Um, but I, I, I think Steve Jobs said uh, when everybody was torrenting things that, you know, these kids aren't like trying to be thieves. Like they would be happy to buy it, but they can't. Like there's no way to just buy it. So everybody's got to go steal it because they still want the content and they can get it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, you know, they couldn't crack down on all of us because I actually hated the process of torrenting. I hated the the uneven quality of things. Oh, I hated how did. yeah, some things would get in the mix. And you're like, what the fuck is this? I don't want to watch this. Yeah, I downloaded something that was supposed to be Avenged Sevenfold and was some random, very like heavy band, like a metal band. And I was like, oh, okay, mm. well that's a very. And I went a couple weeks thinking that was the right song. <laughs> that is how I got all the Sinatras. Yeah, all the Sinatra, you know, playbook. It was good for a discography. Yeah, totally. That's I built full discographies out of it finally, which well, they just didn't ever sell. It, why not? Like <laughs> you just click one extra box and it downloads everything. Yeah. yeah, true. Well, you just couldn't get I mean, that's a complete collection I think you still can't find, but exists in its mm-hmm. little bits and pieces. Yeah. But uh you'd get the ones that killed me and then what killed me worse was well, let me do it in order. Uh what killed me was when you would get a video of somebody recording a movie that you wanted to watch in the theater. And I wouldn't bother watching those. It was, no, I'm not oh, yeah, going to watch somebody. Recording. Yeah. Uh, camcording a movie in the theater. Yeah. Uh, and then you'd be That's with friends that would say, yeah, you would watch, uh, you would watch Transformers. Yeah, let's watch Transformers. And then they would turn around. And I was like, no, this is somebody recording the movie in the, th- I'm not watching this. And then they would watch it. Yeah, there's just so much other TV out there, or movies, or what? Like, there's just so much other content out there that why why watch it if it's subpar quality? Like, why why even subject yourself to it? Wait, Sub- and subpar is being polite to the to the guy with the camcorder. <laughs> like, it's bad. It's just bad quality. It's not. It's just yeah. not. It's not watchable to watch and enjoy it. Um, if you're somebody who likes movies, and if if watching the actual movie is an option. Right, because I'm going to watch this version of it, and it's going to spoil it for me. And then when it's time to watch the real version of it, I'm going to feel like I've already seen it. I'm going to have the memories of it, and they're going to be bad of a yeah. bad movie. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well. Awesome. Um, thanks for listening. Please join the conversation by talking some trash at pilotsthepodcast at gmail dot com. Go find us at Instagram at pilotsthepodcast, Facebook at pilotsthepodcast, and Twitter. If you dare, at Pilots the Pod. And if you want to check out all of our episodes, the full archive can be found at pilotsthepodcast.com. That it can. And hey, if anybody out there listening needs to order a hit on somebody that you are not a big fan of, uh, please write to billing at berryblock.com. That's billing at berryblock.com. Get a lot more information from him by going to berryblock.com. And make sure to speak as cryptically as possible, of course, because, come on, we're, we're being professionals. Keep it on the DL. We're adults here. We're adults here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Catch you next week. And thanks for listening. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilots. Pilots.